to the Impeccable Perspective Podcast, where we help you discover gospel clarity and openness in a new way by letting go of the culture and finding your truth while having some fun doing it. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Peck and Luann Roundy. All right, everyone, welcome back. Once again, here we are. We are not going away. We, <laughs> we are committed <laughs> to making this tenacious. podcast. Tenacious is the word that comes to my mind. Tenacious D, that's right. We're tenaciously podcasting every week. Whether you like it or not, here we are. Yeah. And, I, and from what we've seen from you guys, you like it. So that's very exciting. Thanks for the feedback. Especially appreciate the people who comment and let us know things that are helpful, things that are not, things they like. If they don't like it, that's too bad. No, wait, that's Joe's. That's my attitude. (laughs) That's your mantra. That's right. I have no problem saying screw people if they don't like it. (laughs) (laughs) No, actually, we uh, we do love all the feedback that we get from you. Uh, you We don't think any feedback is negative in any way. If there's something that doesn't uh, jive with you or or you just don't like or whatever the case is, we love to hear it because uh, we may need to tweak it. We may realize that or not realize that we... um, you know, or, or doing what you're saying kind of thing. So we've had some uh, very constructive feedback uh, overall, and it's helped us uh, to kind of guide this and, and make it uh, the best for you guys. So, of course, yeah, we absolutely appreci- appreciate all the feedback that everyone has, so keep it coming. And uh, here we are once again with another exciting episode. As you've been listening to the podcast, you know that we have uh, a lot of firsts on this podcast, lots of unique information. This is certainly a different podcast from what uh, people are used to. And today is no different. Um, we definitely have a first for you today uh, because I have really no idea what the hell this topic is about today. <laughs> and, and I was going to say, and this is the first podcast we've done that Joe has this perplexed. I really don't know what to say, which that does not ever come across his face. That is not a facial expression that I'm used to. The I don't know what to say because Joe has something to say for just about everything out there. I Yeah, I'm rarely speechless. Uh, <laughs> And even more rarely confused. But once again, you've managed to uh, create a first I for love me. throwing curveballs at you where it's, there's a little bit of confusion slash curiosity slash uncertainty where you don't really know what's going to happen today. And that's okay. In the next hour, we're going to create something amazing and... You have no idea what that's going to be. Isn't that great? This uncertainty feeling. Wow. Oh, I love Talk about uncertainty. Faith. Talk about going by faith. I know. And this is more of a knuckleball than a curveball for me, uh, actually. But uh, uh, a little Phil Necro action here for all of you. Oh, I just dated myself. I, I, you don't even know that reference. I don't, I don't know who that is. No. No, and, Phil, Phil Necro was, uh, uh, well, he's a Major League Baseball player from back in the day. Is he from uh, Canada? Is no. That, okay. Well, I, don't well, think I thought no, maybe not. that's why I didn't know yeah, who Yeah, no, no, no. No, he played for the Atlanta Braves, and um, he, uh, yeah, he was just a, a knuckleball uh, player, ah. one of the best knuckleball pitchers in the game, and um, yeah, it was just crazy, unpredictable. Every pitch, you didn't know where it was going in any way uh, like that, so that's kind of how I feel right now with this, but that's that is okay. That's a good place for you to be. This uh, is, I like this. I'm going to chalk it up to growth. And, Let's and call now it growth. you are along with all of our listeners, because they join us every week and say, I have no idea where this is going, but I'm willing to hang on and listen and be open to this. Well, we're all going to learn together today. So isn't that exciting? So what we're talking about is uh, being and doing, uh, and uh, that's all I know. So why don't you maybe just give us a quick... Take it away. Take it away a little bit. Give us some definition, and let's see what we can uh, learn and come up with, and uh, no doubt I'll have some smart-ass comments. Oh, I'm sure. And we're going to throw some scripture in there and some uh, conference talk and a few things here and there along with... With your your wonderful creative <laughs> thoughts it's, mingled with scripture, mingled with scripture, it's uh, smartassery mingled with scripture. Uh, yes, that's your smart <laughs> remarks are always my favorite part of our podcast. Doing I love how you don't swear. You're doing my and smart being a. that is part of being human, and doing and being is something that all of us. Okay, we're building mindful awareness of who we are and who we be, and I'm going to use that phrase. I realize who we be is not correct English. But there is no other way really to say it. So it's understanding and being aware of this is who I am by what I my actions are. And this is who I am by who innately I at my core 
am and coming into tune with that. Doing is very easy to put a label on and measure. It's it's kind of like um, a good example of doing and being would be taking a test at school and how I perform on the test is my doing, what I can spit back. But I may have a greater knowledge underneath of inside and it's just not the way that I express it well is in that doing and taking the test. So they don't always jive. Like what I do isn't always who I am and that's sin. Like ultimately all of us want to live moral, ethical lives by not hurting others, by being kind and considerate and loving. And our actions don't always follow that. And and it's, so there's, it's getting a congruence between who I am and who I be and a balance. And that's what we're going to work on and talk about today is a balance between doing and being in a way that we come to an awareness and understanding. So we're going to go over some principles of what doing is and what being is. Like I said, doing is much easier because it's measurable. Being, there's, unless you're Mary Poppins, remember in Mary Poppins, whenever she pulls out the, what is it, like a... Umbrella? The measuring tape. Oh, the measuring tape. Out of her... her, She had everything in that purse. Well, yeah, that's like a woman's dream right there, the Mary Poppins purse. Can you create that? That would be a wonderful well, thing. Well, they can you never find rich. the thing that they actually want. That's the problem with those purses is like a woman's looking for her wallet and she can't find well, yeah. it because there's so much crap everything. in there. But you have everything that way when you need it, like a Band-Aid or a Tylenol or something, you always have one. And if you can find it. When, <laughs> when you're in there. But Mary Poppins magically has this measuring stick of who she is. She pulls it out and she puts her finger on it and says, look, I'm practically perfect in every way, which unfortunately a lot of us as human beings want to have Mary Poppins syndrome of I want to be practically perfect in every way oh there's another t-shirt he's writing it down writing that one down Mary yeah I want to have a Mary Poppins life Mary Poppins is that that I have this belief system that I can be practically perfect in every way and that is not the truth and there is no measuring stick to our soul but God knows our soul and the desires of our heart and now it's for us to become aware of and have our behavior be in congruence with that. And there's the balance between doing and being. And whenever the congruence comes, that's where joy and happiness, contentment, peace, stability comes into our lives. But we notice that every day is not lived that way. A good example of that would be eating. All of us know, and it's beginning of January, all of us know we set these goals going to eat a really healthy diet. I'm going to include a lot of fruits and vegetables, not going to eat a lot of sugar, drink a lot of whatever diet Coke or coffee or alcohol or whatever it is you drink. And, and I'm going to live a healthy lifestyle and the do that's our being desires because we want to feed our body healthy food. That's nutritious. That brings us to where we feel our best. And how many of us actually live that Joe? Listen, every time I go to the grocery store, I make it a point to buy kale so I can throw it away two weeks later. <laughs> so I'm committed to that for sure. I'm committed to that kale. So it looks good in my refrigerator. <laughs> in my and, fridge, I, and then... inside, I'm in congruence with that belief system, but the actual doing. There's an imbalance in the force, basically, right. when we talk about it. I know, but the good news is the resolutions disappear after three weeks and we forget all about them <laughs> and we don't bother buying kale anymore. Or going to the gym. That's why the gym gets a lot quieter. After I always wait till the end of the January because <laughs> then it's empty again. <laughs> yes. And again, we all have these good intentions. So how do we find this balance of acting in a way that is in harmony with who we believe that we are? So that kind of give you a little bit of a of a answer to the doing and being part so it's a dichotomy i get that mm-hmm. um so we're going to keep going though we're going to keep going all right here we go so let's hop into doing and being and there are some little guidelines i guess is the best way to put it is to doing and being okay doing is goal focused i have a goal i'm going to set it and we're back to the eating well i have a goal this is what it is. I'm going to do one, two, and three to reach this goal. Now, and the thing is you need both. So I'm not saying one is better than the other. People always get this idea of, okay, this is good and this is better. I need to do this and not do, no, you need both of them. So in our lives, we need the doing mode and goal setting and being is not motivated to seek any goal. 
And like you said, it's a dichotomy and it's a very opposite. And, and, and then people believe, okay, I don't have any goal. What's going to happen? I'm going to sit on my couch and watch Netflix all day if I have no goal. And that's kind of what you said. Well, what is being, I asked Joe before we started this, he was, we were talking and he said, well, I don't, what is being and your thoughts of being or what Joe? Well, I thought that um, being is is uh, in a passive state. You're basically in a passive state. Um, what we refer to as um, being acted upon instead of acting for yourself, meaning that you just sort of ebb and flow with things that come into your life. You don't really take control or, or take any initiative necessarily. You just sort of react to whatever's happening because you're just uh, being and existing that way and... Um, what was the example that I used when we were talking? Oh, about um, a lot of, uh, and this is going to instantly polarize people, I think, because I'm not judging here in any way, but uh, there are a lot of Christian denominations that uh, believe that you just have to accept the Savior, right? Right. And then that's it. That's all you have to do. There's no works involved. Uh, there's nothing that you have to necessarily do. You just have to accept the Savior, and then that's all you have to do. And then they believe that, you know, they'll be saved and whatnot. And, uh, I mean, I'm not saying that that's completely wrong at all. Don't take that away. Uh, I, I, because, I mean, that is showing faith and that's showing love of the Savior. And that's wonderful. Like, you're truly committed to having the Savior in your life and you make that conscious decision, which is wonderful. It is. And that's exactly what God wants. And uh, that's how you kind of get on the path to building a relationship with the Savior. But, uh, you know, we also believe that you do need to uh, be proactive. And that, I think, is the doing part of it, where you're actually out serving and you're living your life the way that the Savior, like following his example, right, the way that he taught us to to live our lives. And so I think, so that's what comes to mind when I think of being, where you're just sort of, sort of, um, being in reactive mode and just not really actively doing anything, but you're just sort of existing how you are. Or maybe it's it's more of the hippie. Another thing that comes to my mind is just sort of the hippie culture where it's just peace, love, and whatever, and mm-hmm. we're all good, and we just sort of, you know, accept whatever presents itself to our lives, and, and, and everything is wonderful. And, I mean, there's a lot of great things in that. It's all about unconditional love and peace and, and kindness and gentleness. And those are all very much Christ-like attributes, which we all should have. And so, again, it's not a bad thing. I just think that maybe, personally, that those kinds of uh, mindsets are uh, not complete. Okay. And so no offense to anybody <laughs> with that and whatnot, but that's what comes to mind when I think about being. Being. And you bring up a good point. If I simply have a mindset of doing, I'm never going to learn how to be. And we're going to get into, do you believe in the LDS culture? Because we're going to bring the culture into this. Teaches us to do or to be. Uh, whenever we get to the end of all of this, and then we're going to, I want you to dig deep into, is the culture telling us, Joe Peck, I want you to be or I want you to do? The culture, in my yeah, the culture, in my opinion, then I would say is teaching us to do mm-hmm. because it's all, the culture again. This is not the church again. We we've made this distinction on several episodes, and so we want you to be very clear because when we're saying these things, because I know they sound like it's judgment or criticism or anything like that. It is not what well, it is because the culture of the church is it's is very unhealthy. destructive. But that has nothing to do with the actual church institution or the gospel which is the third leg in the stool kind of thing that we've talked about the culture is simply the mindset of people in who are members of the church who treat uh, people a certain way and live a certain way and believe a certain thing so the culture is very much a doing kind of mindset because it is all about a checklist it's all about just following what they think you need to do and just doing it's literally a and checklist in, and so that's interestingly all you do. being who they want you to be but in true being, does anyone dictate who I am? In true being, does anyone dictate who I am? No. Right. And no. so that's where they would tell me in a false sense, this is who I want you to be. And if we buy into that, we do everything we can to be that through our outward doing. And it actually changes our being into a place of uncertainty unhealthiness of shame, guilt, and fear because I'm not living up to who they've told me I need to be. There is no truth to that because God hasn't told us, Joe Peck, you need to be this way. He's given us commandments to follow. And he said, go, 
know, here are the commandments. I'd like you to follow these. But if you don't, if you can't be that person, he doesn't shame or condemn you like the culture does and point fingers and laugh and say, and scorn like from the great and spacious building and say, ha, look at you. You know, you're nothing. He, he says, okay, you know what? I've, I, I innately know who you can be and I know who you are meant to be because he has a greater view than we do. And that's what we're going to get into and in doing and being, where do we really allow God to prevail and God to be a part of our life, to tell us and listen to, Hey Joe, this would be a good thing for you to, to engage in or a, a place to be at or a service to do that. If we can listen to those promptings through being with God, it will lead us into what, to do and and but you have to be in a place of doing and and so that's where the culture tells us you need to be this way be this person on an outward manifestation and have this belief system because it will lead you back to god but that's not god speaking it's the culture yeah 100 percent. and uh, i mean that's exactly what it's all about is the culture teaching you um to that we all have to there's what it teaches is there's only one way to act, there's only one way to be. There's only one way to think and uh, and to just live your life, which is completely false, and that's not what God wants in any way. And uh, that's the uh, the Stafford Mormon concept Co- that we've correct. come up with, right? And we're in a trance. The yeah. trance of fitting in is this trance that's created by this this belief system that is not true. That is the culture, and we buy into that, and we just simply live in the trance every day. And then we no longer think for ourselves and we're no longer willing to do, to not have a goal to be like that. And that's where being is to just sit and listen and not be motivated by a goal and simply just be, be with God, be with nature, be with your connection with whoever you're with, whether it's your dog or your spouse or your kids, your horse. Or, right. or your donkey, for those people out there who have pet donkeys. People do. Did you know that? Uh, yes, I have a friend who has a pet donkey. No, you don't. Yes, I do. Really? Yeah, they go hunting, and their donkey is very important to them. And <laughs> I, have a, I have a client who has a pet hedgehog. If okay, it's your, that's getting There's many out there. And, and, but it's connecting to those things, and that's where in that being space it's so important because in that connection, here we go, it drives me to want to do things to connect with those people, get up off my couch and talk with them and, and do things with them because I love them. And I want that connection through a physical sense that is felt in a emotional, spiritual sense. Well, it's more spiritual whenever I'm just being, being is a spiritual place, doing is a physical place. Emotions flow between both of those. And, and that's where you get the connection to it. And, and so in doing and being, it, in being who I am, it motivates me to do the things that are Christ-like attributes that would serve and love others. And it's an ongoing flow between and cycle between the two of them. My eyes are opened. Ah, now. you're learning. I'm, <laughs> I'm learning. I am starting I, to I see. I feel like Obi Wan Kenobi. You are very much. So does that your mean that Jedi you're Luke right Skywalker or Darth Vader? Which one? Oh, probably Darth Vader. You might be more like Han Solo, actually. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, you're a little actually, rebellious. Let's, let's go with that because I'm not quite the dark side. I'm certainly not quite the wholesome light no, side. No, but you're I'm more the Han Solo. Oh yeah. Okay, let's go with Han Solo. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Joe Solo. Okay. Doing is how are things now versus how I want them to be. So I, I'm looking at how are things today and ooh, this is how I want them to be. Being is just acknowledging what's in the present and accepting it. So I want, we'll, we'll take, we'll use Joe as an example. I want to be married. I'm not married right now. This is how I want them to be. And so it, that's a goal-driven behavior. Can you see that I'm, I'm searching, I'm looking, this is what I want. It's a desire. You're taking action. You have set a goal that you have what you want yes. to achieve. And you start working towards that. Very much doing. And it's a righteous desire. Yes, there is nothing much. unrighteous about it. So can you see in doing there are righteous desires. Being, though, is just being present in the moment and accepting it and saying, and you know what, right now, I'm not married. And I can accept that and embrace it and and it's part of my life and it's okay. I don't need to be married because you don't. 
You don't need to. I prefer to be. I, I get that, but it's it's moving into a space of that acceptance in that being. It then sloughs off the suffering, the hurt, the fear, and it brings me into a place of love and and peace and contentment, and in just being present to where I'm at. But being married would also you know, save me from all the crazy people out there that I've been dating before in the past, <laughs> right? All those wonderful and experiences it, you have with... And uh, again, yeah. being with that, you say, okay, I'm dating and I'm learning from that. Because oh, I've learned, you know that. Those, oh, we all have through our dating experiences, but those people need to be loved and accepted just as you do. Typically craziness, unless they're really mentally ill, isn't craziness... It's crazy needy in that I'm so needy, I will do anything and change me to be something to get what I want in an unhealthy way, as opposed to just learning to be. Like, again, these people need to learn how to be and be calm and still with themselves and then learn to be able to um, find someone that fits who that is, as opposed to changing themselves to fit someone else. But what if I don't get it when I want to get it? <laughs> That's Joe might have gone on a rant today about something he couldn't get because of <laughs> supply chain issues, and we <laughs> he, magic underwear. Yeah, and, and uh, they're out of them right now, and he was not happy about that. But again, it's just being with the present moment and accepting it for what it is, and that brings you out of that place of upsetness. That because it's not going to change. I don't accept that. Right. Just because they don't have Charmin bath tissue on the, you know, on the Maybe. shelf at the store doesn't mean they have to throw well, a little tantrum there and save. But I want to squeeze the Charmin. <laughs> I can't. I realize that's your favorite <laughs> type, but they may be out of it today. There's a funny joke about that from way back in the day. Um, but uh, the comedian was saying that um, my, uh, he said, I think my, my girlfriend was offended that I accused her of stuffing her bra. And I told her all I wanted to do was squeeze the Charmin. (laughs) 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 Uh, That's awesome. Yeah. Girls don't do that anymore. I don't know. Yeah. It's not a thing. All right. Moving on to the next one. Doing. Monitor success or failure in reducing discrepancy. I'm always focused on success or failure and it's reducing the discrepancy is the, the, the difference between it literally is like to, am I a success or am I a failure based on what I do as opposed to being where I'm not evaluating it or judging it at all. Let's, let's Mm. take your job search, for example, like whenever people are out searching for a job and they, they see, Oh, that person rejected me. That person rejected me. That means There's this discrepancy. I believe I'm wonderful, but they're telling me I'm not. And it brings a lot of discord into our life. Being mode is just simply seeing it for the experience that it is and not evaluating it as good or bad, right or wrong. Just saying, oh, okay, well, I didn't fit that. This is who I am. This is what I have to offer this company. I know that I have a lot of wonderful talents and uh, and abilities, but maybe they just don't need my talents or abilities or I don't fit that mold. I'm going to move on to the next one. And it's looking at rejection, not as something that's telling me I'm bad or wrong in because I didn't do or re- get a goal. It's simply information that fits into my life in being present in the moment and being in God's plan. Because I always go to, if God wanted me to get a job, I would have gotten it. Like that, in God's will, things will fall into place. If God wants me to find and meet the person to marry, I have to act. There's the doing part, but I also have to be present to what God wants and listen. The being part is, is the part that we're missing in listening and allowing ourselves to be moved and allowing ourselves to be shaped and molded in our in in the doing and that allows him to move us and the doing part often becomes a co-creating space with him and what our actions are it's definitely um i mean it's a it's a good experience because that that being really in my experience has uh has a direct tie to faith it's all about faith i believe and, and so yeah it's very frustrating when we go for something whatever it is it doesn't matter job or uh a, you know 
person that you're dating or pursuing somebody and they reject you or whatever the case is, it's very easy to get caught up in those emotions. It's very easy to look at yourself and saying, well, yeah, they rejected me because I'm not good enough. When in fact, what we don't understand or often what we don't realize or, or even consider is that God knows everything about everything. And I've had situations like that where it looks like, hey, this job or this person is perfect for me. Everything I can see from my point of view is exactly what I'm looking for. But you don't know everything that's going on in that person's life or at that company, and God does, right? And so that, you know, he may say, hey, I know this looks good to you, but I'm all-knowing and I see the big picture of everything here. This is definitely not the right fit for you for the long term or for this point in your life. Just be patient and wait because the right thing is going to come. And that does help you I find, to deal with rejection and, and, you know, the idea of being set back, it helps you deal with that and move on. And it just mm-hmm. does create that peace for you. And so, yeah, that's... Uh, Can you of, see both? That's being mode again. In doing I mode, cool I, I am not happy with that because I have a goal. I have what I want. I'm not reaching that goal. In being mode, I'm being present to what is and accepting it and just simply... There's no, and then in in that neutrality, it's a place of neutrality. There aren't emotions of fear, hurt, sadness, um, even feeling rejected. I'm not being rejected. I'm simply, it's simply information that I don't fit into that person's life if I'm dating. Well, um, think about it like God is guiding you to the right exactly. thing by maneuvering around the uh, the wrong things, maneuvering around the obstacles that aren't what you want. And sometimes they look good and sometimes they're really attractive. And sometimes it's like, Hey, I'm ready. So why can't I have this thing right now? And it doesn't mean that uh, just because you feel that you're ready, it doesn't mean that the timing is right or that, that uh, God is ready and it's not the right thing. So I find that that really helps getting through the rejection. It really helps with my perspective on all of this uh, because I say, okay, obviously this didn't work out for a reason and God is, you know, in control and has a much broader perspective of, uh, of everything that's right for me and has a plan for me. And, and, you know, how grateful I am that he loves me enough to guide me through this and to help me to avoid, you know, something that isn't right for me, even though I think that it is mm-hmm. in my own, you know, limited understanding of, of everything. Uh, so no, that's good. And that, that just, I think that's one takeaway that I've learned and you know, this, I wasn't always as good at that, no. at being as, as I am, I'm better now, for sure. I'm more willing to uh, kind of get out of my head and accept that, hey, listen, this is just God's plan and he's guiding you and this is a good thing. And so I think that that's a takeaway I'd like for people to, uh, to have from this episode is just focus on that when things don't go the way that you want. Understand that it's for, your, for the best for you and, it's, and, and God is just pushing you in the right direction and sometimes you just have to maneuver around obstacles to get to where he wants you to go. And I wouldn't even look at them as obstacles because, again, that's having a goal and saying, oh, this is an obstacle in my way, letting go of that and just allowing him to move me. There are no obstacles. It's just a a different way, a different path than I would have chosen. And I used to be, back whenever I got out of high school, early college, early marriage, really driven by doing. And I, you know, here was my checklist. Here are the things that I wanted. This is what I wanted to have happen and what I was going to do to make it happen. Very good at, at making things happen. I'm going to graduate from college early because I'm going to take a lot of credit hours. And I, you know, I did it and it worked hard to do it. I'm going to... Um, earn a certain amount of money or I'm going to look a certain way so I'm going to work out this many hours or eat certain things and and it would always come to fruition because and that helps us to feel powerful and strong but it kind of it works against God and being able to say no I, I can't do this on my own and it I really need God in my life because that's truly why I'm here on the earth is to learn to listen receive revelation, be moved by him and live his will and not my will. And so there's the balance of doing and being is listening in that being mode to be motivated to do the things that he would have me do and how that feels different. Okay. I have a question for you. Okay. Um, where's faith in doing Is faith, a part of doing faith left the building. I think when it's doing. doing in doing, because doing is just straight up activity with, I mean, it doesn't require faith because you're just literally doing something. 
And that's, uh, and then just to comment on what you just said too, that is, uh, it's, it's confusing, I think, because first of all, doing is a very worldly mindset, right? The mm-hmm. world teaches you, hey, listen, to be happy and to be successful, you have to be you know, successful in your career. You have to make a lot of money. You have to have the best looking wife. You have to have exotic vacations every year. You, you have to have the biggest home and all the toys and all these things. And that the only way to do that is to do, is to work, is to set goals and focus on them. So we become, I mean, right, just society, everything teaches us just to go for goals. And if you don't, well, you're lazy, you're not going to be successful and you're not going to be happy. Uh, also in the church, right? the church teaches us that we have to be very proactive in doing things. Like the church encourages everyone to get an education. The church encourages everyone to be successful and to make more money so that you can take care of your responsibilities, so that you can have financial freedom and independence, so that you're not a slave to debt, etc. And all these things. So we kind of get in that mindset where, we, I mean, yeah, we have to do, we have to do, 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 right? And I didn't say do, do. I said do, do, do. <laughs> That's a difference. There's a difference there about that. Uh, no shoveling do, do. <laughs> so that is, um, I think, confusing for people, right? Because they're sort of almost not programmed necessarily, but everything they hear from the world, from everybody they know, even from church leaders, like, yeah, you have to be. Uh, in a doing mindset, we have to be busy, right? We have to be mm-hmm. active. I mean, that's that's actively the idea. That's engaged what, actively in a engaged good cause. All, yeah, all these things. But so, they are programmed into that, and that's the difficult part. Is the world programs us that, and then whenever we come into tune by reading the scriptures and prayer, and meditation, and listening, we realize, wow, that's not the be all and do all like that's really not why I'm here because the other part that we start listening we realize all that doing doesn't bring us happiness no it it doesn't I mean we kind of think that it it might and we sort of get because that's the thing like we do want to achieve goals right people want to be successful or they want to achieve whatever they they want to, whether it's a career or, or any, anything, a passion, hobby, people pursue those kinds of things. And I mean, that's a good thing, but you just kind of get caught up in focusing on those activities and just setting those goals. And then you think, well, you know, I'm, I'm you know, working hard at this. God should bless me, right? That should, this is how it Ooh, works, right? The and, shooting. There we go. I know. I tend to shoot all shooting over myself. Shooting on yourself about it should bless me, meaning shame on me if he doesn't. There must be something wrong with me. But you can see the equation is I'm going to do, 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 and it equates you give me what I want. That's not the way things work. And I agree. There is a sense of fulfillment and self-actualization when I do achieve a goal of, wow, that really was empowering that I found that I can do amazing things. But just like the Savior when he was here who did amazing things, and then he would say, all the glory goes to God. And that's, I did amazing things, and it was only through God that I did them because he has given me everything that we just went back into being. Can you see how it went from doing into being in I'm, that space? I'm in picking that up space. what you're putting down. Yeah. <laughs> but it's difficult to live that way. I know. Look at me. Look at you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what this means when, I, when we started this whole thing. So yes, it's very difficult, but uh, I don't know. It's, it's clear that, that that's the, the way. And, and I mean, it's, just, it's a bit of a mindset shift. It's, a, it's a big mindset yeah. shift, but a lot of people have already started in that direction. And it's interesting with the pandemic, people are more shifting into that because they're really letting go of trying to control everything because their lives are so out of control. I just met with another like 36 year old woman who lost her husband to COVID. He was another one, another one, completely healthy. Um, no, like prior health conditions. Um, and that's insane. It is. There's just a lot of, it's really interesting. There's no, there really is no predictability in young kids or anything. No, I don't have any young kids yet that I've met like with parents that have lost them. Well, they have young kids. Yes, they have. She has three children. Um, that's what I'm asking. Yeah. Yeah, she does. And now no husband and love of her life. Has she worked or anything or she, Mm -hmm. She financially is set, unlike oh, um, the other one. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's this it's this unpredictability and uncertainty. And as people lean into that in the pandemic, the doers are really struggling because I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. It's going to make no. And we found that I'm going to wear a mask. I'm going to do this. I, well, they still get it. 
and and obviously getting vaccinated is the one thing you can do that they have statistically shown to help the most, but there is no exact formula for you to ever be completely safe and people don't like that feeling. So they're moving into a place of being in acceptance because really that's the only way to, to start to live life. And that means going out and engaging with others, being in, in places with others and not judging or having that fear, letting go of that and just, and being present to, you know what, it's God's will. And I'm going to do everything I can. There's the acting part. I'm going to do what I can to be safe and just, and be in that place of being open and open and willing to accept whatever that, whatever happens and whatever presents. I think you and I are different in the Vax situation a little bit in terms of, a little bit. I mean, you know, I'm not totally against it like that, uh, but we, uh, I don't I'm, I'm, Holding out, I think, until they force me to to do it. Yes, I suppose, I would, but I mean, most let, of it. Let's like, let's call a spade a spade. Joe is holding out. I'm and holding we really out. don't talk about that because no, it's, and that's a personal thing. And it I don't want to create thing, a thing. And we're thing. not seeing it's right or wrong for any. But we definitely, and that's what's good about Joe and I is we definitely have different viewpoints. And and I'll explain. I mean, I'm fine with it. And it even goes in, into doing and being, going and getting vaccinated as a doing thing. But it really comes from a place of being, and my mind solidified in doing it whenever um the prophet asked us very strongly to to go get vaccinated he strongly suggested and that the you know that they have the quorum the 12 getting vaccinated um and then i really searched inside my soul and it became this place of being content and being faithful that that i love others enough to get vaccinated to not pass it to someone else unknowingly and to, for myself also to be healthy, but also from my love for others to end something that, that I could have a part in, in bringing an end to where we reach herd immunity and no longer have it as a fear. Well, I understand that. I mean, that's absolutely my goal as well. This has gone on way too long. I'm just done with it, to be honest. All of it, everything about it is, is just ridiculous. It needs to go away. Uh, and I don't know that it will, because, I mean, you know, we can talk conspiracy theories all day long about, you know, all of this. And uh, I think that that's kind of part of it, that it's it's not just a happenstance thing. Uh, we won't get into that. And uh, But, I, I you know, I mean, if you look at, again, if what they're saying is true, most of the people right now that are uh, in the hospital with COVID have been vaccinated, for sure. I mean, at least many have. That's, that's what I'm reading. And so, no, the, I think the problem is this is what frustrates me, and this is kind of why I push back against that, is just because people are so convinced that the vaccine is a magic bullet and it's just going to protect everybody like a shield. And that's not the case at all. That's, that was never the case with any vaccine. But people, you know, I see people posting on Facebook all the time that, hey, I just got vaccinated. I got my booster shot. And you know, so excited and so happy. They have to announce to everybody that they got it. I don't, you know, I don't know if they feel like, hey. They want well, validation. Well, that's what it is. And it's that, just like, okay, but that's not, I mean, that is not, a, you know, it's not a force field around you. You can still get it. Maybe your odds go down. That's that's fine. But it's the same thing. You, if you can get it, you can also give it to other people if you are, even if you are vaccinated. And so I, you know, I just, I, again, I'm not saying it's, it's, we shouldn't do it. I'm not saying it's, it's, it's bad or it's useless. It is uh, helpful. I mean, that's why we have vaccines. And I'm not going to say that you're wrong to get it in any way. I think just the mindset where people are kind of led to believe that we all have to do this. And there's such a big push in society but, to get it everywhere. Companies are making people do it. You're not going to be able to travel without it. People are, 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 are um, they're connecting their brain, right? That, that must mean that we have to get it because it's going to save us and protect us. And that's not really true true to that degree right. right and and that's again facebook there's no truth in facebook it's someone's opinion <laughs> it's opinion yeah don't you laugh you know that that's not truth and, i know and, it's just funny and i just look at statistics and the statistics with omicron are the, the majority of the people in the hospital are unvaccinated the ones who have to be admitted they go in being sick and they send them home if they're vaccinated because it's a very mild case and they're very few unless they're old that have to be hospitalized. It's the unvaccinated ones that have to be hospitalized. Those are statistics as of this week with it, the big boost in it coming up. But I agree, it's the culture and the fear of do it out of fear, do it because the culture tells you to. No, don't do it because of that. Do it because you feel and that's where you reside in a place of faith. And, and that's asking and listening. And that's where I believe that people, they reside in that place as opposed to believing Facebook or being 
manipulated through the culture into it. Don't be manipulated by what others tell you. You figure it out for yourself. Well, that's right. I think part of the reason I'm sort of, you know, resisting, let's say, is because I don't want to do it out of fear. I don't want to give in. I don't believe in giving into fear. I don't believe in living out of fear. You have to live out of faith. And it's a, it's a personal thing. I mean, you know, there's a still ongoing, I'm sure, but there's a huge polarization within the church, right, about getting it. And people were passionate on both sides of it. People said, follow the prophet, even though it wasn't strictly a commandment, but it, like no. you say, it was, very it was strong. very strongly encouraged. Right. And that's, you know, that I think is important because if we have a prophet and don't listen to him, what's the point of having a prophet? Uh, but again, it wasn't um, something that was absolutely, uh, you know, a commandment. So a lot of people are saying, hey, no one has the the right to tell me what to put into my body and, and you know, and all these things. And who knows what you're getting? And there's lots of talk about what's in the vaccine and, and all of these kinds of things. And so there's a lot of... Uh, polarization because of that and people fought back against it and said I don't care I'm you know I'm not I'm going to do what I want with it. it's my body this is too personal just to you know do it because someone said you had to do and, it and, that's, and I agree with that but listen to the eyes and that and that seems more self-focused I want this I'm I'm going to do this because I'm going in my own little my space my small self as opposed to connected to the whole and in the in the being's place, is it? Am I asking? And am I being in a place of faith, or am I being in a place of fear? And it's just asking, and, and again, being mindfully aware, which most people aren't aware of where they're being. They're too wrapped up in social media and listening to other people and letting go of that and doing what others do through. That's very true. People f- are being. Follower. It's almost a sheep mentality, I think. Correct. Right? Especially with the vaccine. This is not, you know, a vaccine episode. I don't want no. to harp on this. I definitely don't want to create any kind of, uh, you know, discord. It's with okay. People. I already it's, got there, but you know, that's... that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, hey, listen. I mean, I'm gonna. I have to get on my soapbox every time, and uh, <laughs> this is this is what it is, and uh, we hope you'll keep listening. <laughs> well, and, uh, after and this, just being in a place of love and, and asking yourself, as is my where I'm at in my thinking and coming from a place of love or from a place of fear and focus on myself it's a good question to ask and everyone just being present in any in in Mm -hmm. any behavior absolutely yeah i know exactly that's just in general everything you should be asking yourself about uh, that uh, you know just for any situation and then the last part let's move back into being and doing the last part of doing is thinking about the past present or future doing is very focused on here's what happened in the past Here's what's happening now, and here's where I want to go in the future, which, again, we need those things. We need to have plans. I need to learn from the past to understand where To apply in the present so that you can get where you want to be in the future. Exactly. That is a healthy way of looking at it. Being is direct experience of the present. I am just being present to this. And, and let's go back to how we're programmed into doing mode. It comes from our parents who always have a very... Some of it, some of it's also friends, school teachers, a lot of it is social and the media, especially in today's society with social media, with TikTok, with all of the things that people shove in front of us through social media. We choose obviously to engage in that or not by picking up our phone or the or computer or watching TV, but that's happened for many years. But in just being present in the moment, there is no, I don't worry about the past or what's in my future. I'm just here. And so if I'm sitting, um, watching a stream flow by, that's all I'm That's all. That's where I'm at. I'm listening. I'm experiencing feeling all five senses activated just being present to what to god's love for me through creating the earth and through just being here and and so it's active you say you know it's it's this passive place it's passively active sure i'm not engaging in thinking and doing anything but i'm actively here and aware and feeling and sensing feeling my emotions being aware of who I am as a person and really coming into tune with that. And that's where the being part is the balance as I come into tune with who I am and then I can align that with where God wants me to be through asking and being aware in that being mode to what that is. We realize how difficult that is for us overthinkers out there yes it's painfully difficult and, to just and be i in the have moment. <laughs> been an overthinker much of my life and that's where meditation has brought me to a place of being and that's where i truly have found connection and um, peace in my life 
Shameless plug for our upcoming new resource for everybody. For meditation. For meditation. And that's that's (laughs) part of why I wanted to talk about doing and being is having this, a new resource of let's be with the scriptures. Let's just be present to what God's telling me, not through a thinking, because we think all the time. We think incessantly. It's the spaces in between thinking of, of clarity and peace that we really find ourselves, but they're so infrequent. They're really not in tune with ourselves anymore. So we just look for others again to tell us what to do because I'll just follow what you do. You look to be happy and content. And then we realize my life is empty. My life is void of what I really feel and and want to experience. And I bet a lot of our listeners would say, raise their hand and say, I've been in that place before because they just don't know how to, to be. And it's learning how to be present to those things that bring that fullness and joy into our lives. Um, and, and really that's the, our journey here on the earth is my belief system is that we learn how to listen because the mortal part comes pretty easily. The spiritual part takes some different kind of work and that's the active passivity of just learning to be, to be and be present to those things. The spiritual part, requires a lot of faith because you can't see it. It's not tangible. The doing part is, is a very physical, temporal kind of thing, mm-hmm. right? It's very, and again, it's very natural for us to just constantly do and act and because we have to. I mean, we're put on this earth and nothing has been provided for us typically, right? We have to build everything from scratch. We have to go out and, and find everything that we need for ourselves. I mean, you know, luckily we've evolved to the point where we don't have to go out and hunt our own food anymore. But the whole, everything about our existence is focused on doing. And mm-hmm. then... Our mortal be, existence. Our mortal correct. existence, exactly. And correct. then being is focused on spiritual and faith. And that's not something you can grab onto. That's not something you can say, oh, look, there's faith right there. Yeah, it does exist. It's easy <laughs> for me to have that because, look, I can see it. I can touch it. It's right here. Let's, let me share this with everybody. You, you can't. And it just, it takes so much for, for most people, right? Uh, all of us included, to be honest, right? It's not an easy thing to have faith because it just is, <laughs> you have to, you know, go by something that you don't know for sure that it exists, and you can't see it or touch it, or it's much easier just to focus on the doing because that doesn't take any thinking or effort, and there's no no risk with it, right? You know that you're doing. You know that that's what you need to do, and you can do something and see a result from it. Very tangible. Very tangible. So here's a good question. Why did Heavenly Father set us up in a world where we, to survive, must physically do on a regular basis. Because he has a wicked sense of humor. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> uh, let's see why. I think maybe he's laughing with you at this moment. Going, not at yeah, me? Not at you. Okay, I think he's sure. laughing with you. That's beyond, what people say who are laughing at you. But. Okay. But, <laughs> but beyond that he has, I'm sure God does have a sense of humor. But so. why would he create the earth to, to be engaged in that? It's a good question, yeah. as opposed to manna falling from heaven, which at a time there were people blessed with that. But what's interesting is what happened to them after the manna fell from heaven for a long time. Remind me. They became unhappy with the man and said, hey, we want some meat. We want, and so then the quail came, and then they, but they they really weren't very grateful anymore. And and they weren't wired into, I have to work by the sweat of my brow to be able to survive. Well, gratitude comes from having skin in the game. Exactly. Right? That's, it does. And, and that's just, and you look at, it is. You look at anybody game. who's given, like you look at, you know, uh, people who are just born into wealth, for example, and they never want for anything. They never have to work for anything. A lot of people, you know, fall into that trap of becoming entitled, becoming ungrateful and selfish. And that's a horrible thing. But, you know, getting back to your question then, uh, you know, in all seriousness, um, you know, we do know from the gospel and the knowledge that we have that we are here for a specific purpose. This is a proving ground for us. This is the next step in our eternal progression, as we refer to it as our second estate. And we are here for some very specific purposes where we are to be tested and tried. And the whole idea right from the beginning was to see if we would obey Heavenly Father and and choose to return to Him. And so the only you know way we can have this agency or this free will to choose is that we uh, have to really not have all the answers and we have to go by faith and uh, that's another thing we have to develop a faith that's a purpose that we're here right is, is to develop that faith uh, in God and in the Savior and uh, and just really kind of grow uh, as 
a, a spirit and progress. I mean, the whole point of this exercise of us being here on earth is, is to help us with our eternal progression and to move us in the direction of becoming the person that Heavenly Father knows that we can become. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot. It's a lot to, to understand. It's a lot to take in. It's, it's even a lot to believe because the entire world pushes against that and says that doesn't make sense. But that's why things are the way they are. If we had all the answers, if everything was easy, if we didn't have to work for anything, then we, we would have no need for faith. We wouldn't, and we wouldn't work towards it because the natural man in us is always looking for the path of least resistance, is always looking for shortcuts, is always looking for the quickest way and instant gratification. And that doesn't get us anywhere in terms of progression, right? It doesn't. We, we mm-hmm. don't move and grow and, and become better. And so the only way to do that is to really go through these exercises and be pushed and and be forced, not forced, but I mean to have the opportunities to, to, to choose. To choose what right. it is. And, and we're gonna Yeah, that's the, the whole thing. The and choice comes in and, and we if we you bring up a good point, if we were never separate, we wouldn't need to learn how to be because we would be with God. We would know those parts of ourselves and there wouldn't be a challenge or a test um, in the separateness and the veil being here, we develop faith because we don't have that view and we we can't. No, this. and that to me, I mean, it's interesting to see because the whole world is is designed to go against that. The message that, you know, that the world sends out is that, no, no, you need to uh, to just do. You need to be successful. You need to just focus on these things. And uh, because, you know, there is no God or there is no heaven or there is, there's just no understanding of our real purpose here and what's at stake in the eternities and, and the incredible, uh, you know, gifts and blessings that God has for us. And he just wants to give us all those blessings more than we know, but he'll never force anything on us. It's always up to us to choose. So we have to choose to receive those blessings by the way that we act and how we obey and, and whatnot and the way we live our lives and how we, we uh, everything, right? How we, right. all the stuff that we do, but then we also have to balance that with being. And, and we also receive the blessings through being in coming into tune with where I'm at in that stillness. I develop an awareness of whether I'm open or closed to allowing the enabling power of the atonement or grace to flood my life and fill my being. Most of the time, we've blocked that through our thoughts, which thoughts are a doing thing. They're not a being thing. Through my thoughts of unworthiness or um, shame, the feeling of shame. Self-judgment. Self-judgment, correct, that I'm not good enough, that I don't deserve to, or that I need to do this all on my own. I'll become Mary Poppins practically perfect in every way, and then I won't need grace because I've done it all on my own. And that's the doing part as opposed to the being part, which becomes in tune with that. And in being in that quiet stillness realizes, wow, I am shut down and feel completely separate from God, from the Savior, and I want to be with him again. That's where the longing for home comes from that's innate in all of us. I want to be with my Heavenly Father. I want to be with my family. I want to be with those people that I love. And when I come into tune with that, I want to allow the Savior in, and I want to have that grace flood me, and that's what takes the sin and takes away the the mistakes and the doing part, and that's where being becomes such an intricate an important part that we're missing in our lives is learning how to be as opposed to just doing. I think a lot of people are stuck in, in that. I certainly know I was before I you know joined the church, I guess, and found the answers that I needed for my own personal life. Uh, but I think a lot of people do have a longing to return home and there's just something that's you know kind of missing in their life and they can't quite put their finger on it mm-hmm. but they have it's an innate desire like we I think mm-hmm. we're born here right and brought here with a desire to want to return that was the whole thing and this is just a temporary um, separation from God but for a very specific and important purpose but I think people don't they have this longing but they don't know how to figure that out so what about uh, talking a little bit about how do we achieve that balance between doing and being and what what does that look like what for example what is something that people can start doing in their lives and apply to start dig on the path of that balance mm-hmm. where they can just start to feel like oh yes I'm moving in that direction and I feel great about the fact that I am on a path to to go home and this is for everyone, everyone. Not, not just anybody Including not just specifics Joe and I because yeah. it's a continual balance in our lives and there are many days that I am more of a doer where 
I have goals and I have things need to get done. And I need those days to, to accomplish those things that are physical, um, goals. But then there are times and spaces to dedicate to being, and that's carving out a space every day in your life to just be. People don't understand how important it is, and they're often just like you at the beginning of this. That's lazy, or that's just doing nothing and just being passive. Well, it's it's not. It's carving out a space to be present through whatever practice that is. And meditation, like I said, is the practice that I use. But just being still and calm and peaceful and being present to who you are and embracing and loving and an awareness. It's all about awareness. Where is the balance in my day or in my life? Have I allowed grace in that? It's an awareness that is felt in that being space. And whenever I enter into that, whatever amount of time, time's not important, it takes, um, it becomes a practice. Yoga is a good practice also for that. Connecting with nature would be another space to be, just be with nature. Um, some people will do things in nature, like go for a hike or a walk. That's a nice balance because they can be in nature while doing something. So that would be a, an activity that has a balance built into it already. Um, but true being is being still and being fully present in, in that space to your spiritual self and to that deeper part of who you are. Yeah, I uh, I think I need to date a hot yoga instructor because uh, I'm uh, I don't mean a hot yoga instructor. I mean like an attractive yoga instructor. We can do hot yoga too. I mean that's all good. But yoga is important. But I'm terrible at it. <laughs> and I I, uh, I I I don't know. I need someone to motivate me to do it because I think it's really important, actually, just physically as well for your body. But that is a great way to to get in tune with yourself and to actually be. Yoga is very much like that. And, um, that's, a, that's a great thing, which I, I definitely want to do more of, uh, as part of it. But one thing I have learned from this and, uh, you know, from just kind of understanding, uh, the idea of, of being is that when we do have that peace and calm and that meditation where we completely clear everything out of our minds, that opens up a space for God to be able to uh, talk to you to be able to impress things upon your mind because if you think about how if you're like me I mean you know and you're probably not because I'm a crazy overthinker so my mind is cluttered fa- constantly, constantly. Right, with all it totally is I'm always like spinning it's a wonder I can even sleep at nights I think because I'm always uh, thinking and evaluating and looking ahead if I make this choice what does that mean? And you know, what, what does the future look like if I make this choice? And oh, do I want to make that choice? And I'm just like crazy overthinking. So for me to, you know, to, I just declare my mind is a Herculean task because there's so much in there, but it works. And, you know, once you do have that peace and calm and you just, you know, just picture like an infinity white, like in the matrix, right? Just an infinity white, uh, background where there's nothing around you, but just complete pure white. And there's nothing there at all. And just focus on that, and that will just kind of clear your mind. And then that does open up space for God to bring those answers to you, to bring those thoughts, to bring that inspiration to you, where you can know what you need to do. And even if it's just bringing peace to your mind, I mean, that's what being is all about, it seems, right? If I've been listening this whole Correct. time. <laughs> and being is peaceful. And if I'm not peaceful, it's asking, okay, what am I engaged in doing? And typically it's thinking. I'm an overthinker also. And it's, it still presents where my, my mind just spins and it brings a lot of negative emotions I found whenever I start spinning those things, but it's just an awareness. And if I'm feeling those things in, in my being and I have negative emotions, which you might, it's just asking and being curious. Oh, okay. Well in this space, why am I feeling and experiencing that? And sometimes it's just you telling yourself about something that maybe you were just thinking about, but when you're present to it in that calm, quiet, um, clear space, the emotions present that are very real and it's coming into a, a grounded reality of what truth is. And that's really, again, what we're here to search for. Um, in, in wrapping this up, we talked for at the beginning about a conference talk. If you want more of being and doing, uh, Garrett Gong's room in the Inn from general conference, April, 2021, It's a great example of the Good Samaritan and how he had a balance of being and doing and how we can take his the scriptures and learn from them how to be and do. An excerpt from it talks about 
and I'll just give you an example so you understand what I'm saying when he's talking about being and doing. She go a little ways into the talk. It says, first we come to the inn. Remember the good Samaritan took the wounded man that he found on the side of the road to the inn. As we are with all the foibles and imperfections. I love that word, foibles. Foibles is one of my favorite words. It is a very nice word. Yet we all have something needed to contribute. Our journey to God is often found together. We belong. Ooh, so there's a being. We belong as a united community, whether confronting pandemic storms, wildfires, droughts, or quietly meeting daily needs. So we're being together in all of this. And if you can feel that being and connectedness through the pandemic or all the other challenges that we have, it changes and shifts your place into this place of connectedness that I'm not alone and I'm not separate. We receive inspiration as we counsel together, listening to each person, including each sister and the spirit. Interesting. Now he just moved into doing of receiving inspiration, which is in its being place, but as we counsel, so talking, listening, actively listening and doing to other people as our hearts change and we receive his image in our countenance we see him and ourselves in his church in him we find clarity not dissonance so i'm finding but i'm finding through being and also through being connected we find a cause to do good now we just moved into doing to doing good, reason to be good, he just moved back to being, and increasing capacity to become better, back to doing. In him we discover abiding faith, which is ultimately who I am in being, liberating selflessness, caring, change, and trust in God. In his end we find and deepen our personal relationship with God, our Father, and Jesus Christ. He trusts us to make the inn or church or wherever the inn would be for you, so now we're doing again the place he needs it to be. As we offer our talents, so now we're doing, and best efforts, his spiritual gifts are are also strengthened and blessed. So it's interesting, even within that talk, within two paragraphs, he switched between the balance of being doing very naturally of I, I'm innately this and I'm listening and I'm learning, but I'm also giving, serving, and doing. Also, We Belong is a fantastic song by Pat Benatar. Right? Remember that one. I know you remember I that do, one. I do. I do. Joe and I are both the same age, so we're both the, the same vintage in music. 29 and holding. 29. That's right. We both are 29. That's why our gray hair is getting more prolific. Yeah, but the difference is mine looks distinguished uh, and mine silver just fox. Old. And yeah. I just got mine colored yesterday, so you can't see I it. I can't so. see it, exactly, which go. is cool. But it's definitely a double standard uh, uh, in the favor of men, unfortunately, like that. But hey, <laughs> listen, uh, silver fox works for me. I'll take it. Oh, wow. That's a good message. Yeah, great talk for sure. Um, you check it out. You can even just Google it. I mean, you can you can yep. go to uh, LDS, LDS.org uh, and, and just search for that talk. Again, it's called Room at the Inn, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And the, uh, the speaker in that talk is Garrett Gong, G-O-N-G. So if you're not uh, LDS and not really aware of who that is, just you can Google it. You can even just go to Google. You don't have to go to LDS.org and that talk will come up as well. But it's a great talk. It's a... Uh, you know, a timeless uh, parable. Everyone knows the the Good Samaritan. Everyone understands the uh, the whole point of it and, and, and the purpose and the unconditional love. And uh, all that stuff is a great message. It's, it's an incredibly great, simple par- um, parable, but it's, it's a beautiful message. But now we've kind of taken it a little bit deeper where we can see that it's actually a great example of perfect mm-hmm. balance between doing and being, mm-hmm. which, I mean, you know, at the beginning of this, I didn't even know what that meant. So uh, I've grown in this episode, and hopefully all of you have as well (laughs) with that. Any last thoughts then on doing and being? Any words of wisdom you want to leave for people? Don't get frustrated. People will start to try to be and really feel frustration uh, that wells up. Just embrace the frustration and and listen to what it's saying. Um, In being, many times it's frustrating because I just don't know how to be, or I haven't built that awareness Embrace it, let it go, and just see what's deeper underneath that frustration or boredom. So, you know, it's boring. Well, ask yourself, why am I bored being with myself? Why is it that I've trained my brain to always have to be engaged in something, which, again, is society and our culture training our brains to do that. Uh, And uh, I remember the first time when I was in college and I had to read Thoreau. 
I thought it was the most ridiculous book I'd ever read <laughs> because he wasn't doing anything. There was no action. You know, there was no uh, fighting scene or big character development. And now looking back, Thoreau was just teaching people how to be. And he was, he was a master at learning to sit and just be. And that's what his writings are about. Um, but I do remember <laughs> just my total frustration and uh, just I didn't want to read it because I thought it was the stupidest piece of literature ever. <laughs> So I used to be an overthinker also, but it's learning. It's just learning to be in that space. And it's a, it's a practice again. I'm just creating that through a practice every day. Okay. There you heard it folks. Don't be an English lit major in college. <laughs> Take anything else because it's too frustrating. <laughs> you don't want to do that. All righty. Well, I think we have come to the end of another exciting and uh, thought provoking episode of the impeccable perspective podcast. And uh, we are uh, always, uh, always appreciate uh, you listening and hopefully you uh, have taken away some great things that you can apply in your lives uh, with all of this. Uh, please keep the comments coming and the feedback, of course, good, bad, or otherwise. And uh, we will look forward to uh, seeing you on the ne- next episode. In the meantime, keep the faith and keep your stick on the ice. Cheers. Thank you for listening to the Impeccable Perspective Podcast. Subscribe to us on Spotify, Amazon Prime, iHeartRadio, and wherever fine podcasts are sold.